This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to Nirvana Sisters Podcast, where we take the intimidation out of well-being and beauty to help you achieve your highest state, your nirvana. We are sisters-in-law and your hosts. I'm Amy Sherman. And I'm Katie Chandler. So let's get into some real conversation. Take a deep inhale through your nose. And a full exhale through your mouth. Take another deep inhale. And a full exhale. Imagine a beautiful white light washing over your body. Relaxing your face, your shoulders, your arms, your heart, your belly, your legs, your feet, and each of your ten toes. Allow this beautiful white light to fill you with healing energy and a sense of peace. Take one more deep inhale, breathing the light into your heart And as you exhale, shine the light out into the world. And then when you're ready, gently blink your eyes open. Ah, that that was was so amazing. Thank you for sharing that. We needed it. Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you. That was beautiful, Susie. Um, my body up. Okay. So it's Amy and Katie. Welcome back to the show, Nirvana Sisters family. We're with the beautiful, amazing Susie Shefflin of the Copper Vessel. She is a Los Angeles based sound healer, Reiki master 
kundalini yoga teacher and inspirational speaker who has led sound baths, viewed or attended by millions of people all over the world. I've been lucky enough to join one of them and it was incredible. And that sound just took me back to Mm. Europe where we were a few years ago together, which is crazy how time flies. Susie has brought healing to employees at companies such as Google, Pandora, and Nordstrom has played crystal bowls with notable artists, including Leanne Rimes and the Los Angeles Philharmonic, and has been featured in publications such as Wall Street Journal, Vogue, USA Today, and Los Angeles Times. Susie is known for her light-filled presence and ability to guide people towards radiant and empowered lives characterized by self-love, serenity, abundance, and joy. She's the founder of the Sound Healers Academy, an innovative crystal alchemy, sound healing, and spiritual business mentorship training, serves as a self-love advocate for brands, has created custom product lines, and offers deeply restorative crystal alchemy sound bath ceremonies and healing rituals, both in person and online. We follow Susie at The Copper Vessel on Instagram. We encourage you to get on her Instagram ASAP because she has so much amazing content and she has one minute sound baths like you just experienced. She has beautiful content and it's just so soothing. So welcome to the show, Susie. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. It's so good to see you. Thank you so much, Amy. It's so wonderful to be here with you. Thank you for such a beautiful introduction. Hello, Katie. It's such a joy to be all together. I'm so excited to chat today. (laughs) And I failed to mention that she's 33 weeks pregnant and glowing and looks just so radiant. And you just got married this week, right? Yes. Oh my God. Congratulations. So much wonderful things going on. Thank you so much. It's such an incredible time. (laughs) So great. Well, Susie, we start out our show doing something we call our weekly Nirvana or Nirvana of the week. And it's just something this week, big or small, that brought us joy, brought us a little smile, just, you know, let us kind of be happy um, for that moment. So I'm going to send it over to Katie to have her give us her Nirvana of the week. Sure. Thanks, Amy. Well, Susie, thank you for being here. It's such a pleasure to meet you. You are, you're radiating. Your energy is definitely like kicking through to us and I love it. Um, so I don't know. I have so many Nirvanas. I don't know what to choose from. Between that sound bath that we Susie just provided for us, that was complete Nirvana. And I am on a little weekend romantic getaway with my husband. So we've had a lot of nice moments um, the past couple of days. But I think the biggest nirvana for me this week is I finished a transcendental meditation course last week. And I've been oh. starting TM all week. I've been Well, I started it two weeks ago, but I'm, I'm getting into my daily practice. Mm-hmm. And it's been really amazing and kind of like altering, life-altering in a sense already, which was surprising. It's been really profound. So I've been having a lot of nirvana there twice a day. Wow. 20 minutes. To hear more about that. Wow. Yeah. It's, more it's amazing. At some point. Yeah. Amy, That's what was so yours? Um, so I actually went, I haven't gotten a facial in forever and I needed a little self-care yesterday. So I went to get a facial and it was so relaxing. I just, it was kind of like a no frills facial, which I kind of like just like in and out, but It was so relaxing just to sit there and do nothing for an hour, like no kids, no work, no nothing, and just lay there and like clean my face. And I felt so good afterwards and so just like shiny and radiant and refreshed. So it was definitely one of my nirvanas this week for sure, along with the sound bath, of course, because that just like totally relaxed me. What about you, Susie? I mean, there's so many. I knew you got married, but... (laughs) There's so many. Oh my gosh. I I love yours. And I would say, I mean, it would be 
our marriage ceremony this week, which was so beautiful and so special. We are planning a big wedding this summer and we've had it planned for quite some time. Um, And when we planned that wedding, I had said to Mark, my husband, I really want to get married on 2-22-22. And he said, well, it's a Tuesday. I don't know if everyone's going to be able to make it. So we decided to just do a really beautiful, intimate spiritual ceremony. And it was just the two of us and one of our spiritual teachers. And it was absolute nirvana. It really was. We dropped into a beautiful meditation and we shared promises with each other. And then we went for a walk on the beach at sunset in Malibu. And it was Mm. just, I mean, so perfect. And the wedding that we're going to have this summer is going to be equally as special, but it's going to be really big in a Catholic church and then in a garden with lots and lots of people. And so it felt like the perfect balance to what we have to look forward to and what we're, you know, really spiritually committing to each other as we. So amazing. Congratulations again. That sounds so dreamy and perfect and beautiful. And I love that it was on two, 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 two. I mean, that's so special. You'll always have that. That's great. And then it sounds like this summer, your wedding will be amazing too. How fun. You get the best of both worlds. Yeah. So definitely, <laughs> definitely a week of Nirvana. <laughs> Amazing. So awesome. So let's um, get into some quick fire questions so we, our listeners can get to know you. So give us a quick intro like to you, to, to what you do, what sound healing is and all of, all of, all of the things. Amazing. So I'm Susie. I'm a crystal alchemy sound healer and a Reiki master and a yoga teacher. And I love sharing sound baths with people online and in person. And the reason why I love to do it is because it had such a huge impact on my own life. Um, About seven years ago, I was in a really tough spot. I was in a very dark place. Um, And sound healing really helped me to reconnect with light and peace. And one of the first meditation practices that I began to connect with actually Katie was TM transcendental meditation, which is such an amazing practice. And my mind is so wild that sometimes just having my mantra wasn't enough. And when I went to a sound bath, it really opened me up to this new sense of peace. And so as I attended sound baths and began to really feel the light come back into my eyes after being in such a place of darkness and anxiety and having panic attacks sometimes every day, my life transformed. And so I felt called to learn it and begin sharing it. And from there, shared it with millions of people all around the world. And now I teach other people how to share it as well, because I find that, you know, as we heal ourselves so often, we feel this deep calling to help bring that healing to others. So it feels really great to be in the space of both sharing and teaching and empowering other teachers and healers to share their unique gifts too. That's so awesome. And the the first time um, I ever experienced it was at one of your sound baths and it was incredible. I had never really heard about it before and I did it and it was so transformative. I, it just, it's such an incredible experience. So for our listeners who may not know what a sound bath is, can you kind of talk about like how long it is, what, why it's beneficial and sort of like mm-hmm. the, the flow of it so people can understand um, and, and, and do one? Absolutely. So you guys just got to experience a little taste of a sound bath. So you might not be wondering what many people wonder when they hear what a sound bath is for the first time, which is, 
am I going to get wet? Do I need to take my clothes off? And the end of the <laughs> There's almost always no water involved in the sound bath, unless you choose to listen to a virtual sound bath in the bathtub, which a lot of people actually do choose to do. But sound baths can be created by a number of different instruments from crystal bowls to Tibetan singing bowls, to gongs, to didgeridoos, chimes, and the list goes on. For me, I really love working with crystal alchemy singing bowls, which are bowls. They look almost like bowls or vases. Um, They're very beautiful and they're made of 99.9% clear quartz crystal. And then the alchemy bowls that I play are colorful because they're infused with the intentions of other crystals and gemstones and precious metals and earth elements. So platinum or rose quartz or, Mm. and crystal is not just a woo woo thing. I know that crystals have started to become pretty mainstream, but crystals actually, you know, they hold energy and information. They help to conduct that energy. And so when we're working with crystal singing bowls, they're conducting and holding healing intentions and energy. So when I play the bowls, each of them has their own note. um, And the notes correspond with our chakras, which is our energy centers. So um, the sounds resonate with our body and they also entrain with our brain waves, helping to shift our brain waves into brainwave states associated with deep states of rest and relaxation and meditation and healing. So If you're like me, like what I was talking about, my mind is so busy and I have a lot of energy. It's always going. The sound can help to sort of bypass that and shift your brainwaves into the calmer brainwave state. So sound baths range in length from one minute. I mean, something's better than nothing. Even if you Mm -hmm. do a 30 second sound bath, take a few deep breaths. It's amazing. Um, But they also can go on for, you know, 30 minutes. I would say mine are typically 30 to 45 minutes. Sometimes you'll have a sound bath that's 60 minutes or 90 minutes, and that can be really deep and really profound. And essentially what you do is you lie down and you listen. My sound baths usually include some form of guidance because for me, my mind needs that. I find that a lot of people, they just lie down. They're like, okay, now I'm just listening to sounds and that's great. You relax, but the guidance can help you to go even deeper. So you listen to the guidance and then at a certain point, that guidance, that talking will stop and you'll be so relaxed that you can feel like you're floating or in a safe way, feel like you're out of your body, almost like you're in this dreamlike state. And it's incredible. People, you know, experience an hour long sound bath and they'll say that felt like five minutes. So it's, it's a really wonderful way to get deep rest very efficiently and very effectively because when we get into those brainwave states, theta and the delta brainwave states, uh, research suggests it can have the same benefits of eight hours of deep sleep just being in the sound bath for one hour. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. That's similar to TM. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Are the, the bowls that are behind you, are those bowls that you use? Yes. <laughs> They're so beautiful. They're beautiful. Yeah. We need a screenshot of this because it's gorgeous. <laughs> Susie, where, what is the origin of sound baths? Does it, because I did uh, Kundalini yoga one time and at the end of it, there was a sound bath and she used gongs and, and multiple things. It, it, is it related to, to Kundalini yoga? So no, sound healing and sound baths go all the way back throughout time. I mean, in ancient Egypt, in the pyramids, they had sound chambers. And, you know, 
40,000 years ago in, in Australia, the ancient Aborigines would use didgeridoos to mend broken bones. So humans have used sound um, for healing throughout time. Sound baths as we know them today are more recent. Like the idea of lying down in Shavasana experiencing sound bath, I would say has grown in popularity over the past 20 or so years, especially as yoga has become more popular and mainstream in the West. Um, It is definitely common in Kundalini yoga to include a sound bath because a great deal of kundalini yoga focuses on um, the nod, the sound current. So if you go to a kundalini yoga yoga class, most likely you'll be doing some sort of chanting. At the very least, when you begin the class, you'll be tuning in, activating that sound current within you, and most likely doing another mantra-based meditation at some point during the class. And then at the end, or even throughout the class, different teachers will do different things. They'll, They'll incorporate sound. And Sound is used in Kundalini yoga for its creative power, right? Like Mm -hmm. sound is pure creative potential. And so when we're looking to really create shifts in our nervous system and at the deepest levels of our energy fields, um, sound is one of the most efficient and effective ways to do that. So that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I actually noticed just from doing like the couple minutes just now, my my body completely felt different before and after, like I was kind of stressed. And then I listened to that. And then I noticed I started talking slower. I was more relaxed. Usually I talk super fast. And if I'm doing an intro, I'm like, and I felt really centered doing it. So thank you. But tell us about, you know, you mentioned how seven years ago, you went through a really tough time with anxiety, et cetera, et cetera. Like, how did you discover um, this practice when you were in that state? Like, how did you find it? I guess I would say. So I had been searching for a little while. Um, that period of, of darkness and struggle really had gone on for a while. I was turning to alcohol and prescription drugs to, you know, help me cope with the anxiety that I was feeling and facing. And just, I think not recognizing how sensitive energetically I am and, Mm -hmm. and, and how, out of alignment I was in my life. Um, and so it began with getting sober and really starting a journey of trying to get sober before it even stuck. So I went to rehab in 2015. And when I was in rehab, I had music therapy. And so in music therapy, we started to work with my voice and listening to sounds, listening to music. And that really helped me to feel in a way that I hadn't Mm. felt safe to feel before. Like I remember going and coming out and just crying and like feeling this huge release. And like, it was finally safe to feel some feelings that I'd been holding on to for a long time. And from that point, I really began to open myself up to, you know, alternative healing methods. And I started to explore different meditation practices. I also got certified in TM. I started to really learn about the moon and the cycles of the moon. I started to become really interested in crystals. I read some spiritual books. Uh, The Alchemist played a huge role in my journey and opening me up to sort of feeling like I was on my path and on on my journey. And all of those things combined led me to really tune into this guidance is the only way I can describe it to move to California, even though Mm. it was like probably 
the last place I ever thought I would move. I remember when I had first moved to New York City after college and I was in culinary school, I had a friend who was from LA and I would make fun of him. I was like, why would you, LA, like, what do they do there? I thought New York was like where it was at. It was the place to be. And once I got into that space of really opening myself to healing, I felt like there's something there for me. Mm-hmm. And so I moved out to LA. And at that point I had stopped drinking, but I was still feeling incredibly anxious and having panic attacks. And in the process of moving, my aunt who lives out here said to me, do you want to come to a sound bath? And I didn't even ask her what it was. Like we talked about before, a lot of people say, you know, am I going to get wet? Or what is this? What is this sound bath? Am I going to leave my body? Is it safe? I was just like, of course it felt so natural to say yes. And I went and in that sound bath, it felt like coming home. It felt mm-hmm. like this. I mean, like you described Amy, like I was grounded and centered in my body. And when I left, I could speak clearly and calmly and something had shifted and it didn't last forever. You know, after a little while, I went back to feeling my same self um, because we do, we return to our most consistent state of consciousness until we shift that, which can take some time. So I craved it from there. So I was like, I want more of that feeling. And I went back to another sound bath and another and another. And over time, it did start to become more my norm. And I was able to commit to having a TM practice. So not only was I going to sound baths, I was meditating twice a day. And I started to explore Kundalini yoga, going to Kundalini yoga classes, and then eventually taking yoga teacher trainings. And um, it just opened up everything. Yeah. That's amazing. And thank you for sharing your your story with your struggle with addiction and everything. And were you able to... Before you moved to LA, did you overcome the addiction or was it also part of the process of of coming to LA and discovering the sound baths and everything that that got you to that final point? It was part of the process of discovering sound baths and connecting with a sober community. So once I left rehab, I didn't drink alcohol, but I would go out with friends and I would be like, oh, it's fine. I'm just going to take a hit of pot. So I would like smoke a little pot or eat a little edible um, because to me that was something that didn't cause me a lot of harm. When I drank, I would end up in the hospital, but mm-hmm. we never really had a negative effect that had repercussions in my life. But ultimately, once I was able to connect with what I, I mean, my true self, like that light within me and that sense of peace that I was searching for by taking the drink or taking the hit or whatever, I was like, I don't need that. And Um, yeah. So right, pretty much right after I moved, it was like the last time I smoked and never, never went back. Thank God. That's amazing. Good for you. And congratulations. So so profound. (laughs) It's, it's amazing. You have such an, such an enlightened aunt too. That sounds very cool. Lives in LA and takes you to a sound bath. (laughs) Amazing. What were some of your biggest challenges learning all of this? Because this is such a, a, I mean, to me, it's kind of a foreign practice, I think, to a lot of people that aren't familiar with it. It's a whole Mm -hmm. new world. So learning everything along the way, what were some of your bigger challenges? I would say my biggest challenges were sort of the voice of judgment in my own head and my own mind, you know, and feeling like I, (laughs) I went to a great, like, I went to a great college. I went to UVA and I had this path, you know, working in New York city, working in luxury lifestyle management and, um, more of a traditional path. And 
as I began to feel called to learn and share sound healing, there was a voice within me that was like, are people going to think I'm weird? Do people, are people going to think I've gone off the deep end, that I'm some woo-woo hippie? And so I think like quieting those thoughts and just saying, well, this has helped me. How is it going to help someone else? And coming back to the voice of it really, really helped me to break through that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I grew up on the East Coast where it's compared to LA, relatively unknown. It's definitely growing more and more um, throughout the country and throughout the world. But I think like that fear of judgment. And then also like, who am I? Who am I to share this, right? Because I don't think, I don't think there's ever a point in our journey where we're totally healed and we feel like, oh, I've got this, I've mastered this. Like, it's just the nature of of human life, I think, and and the gift of it, that if we're open, we'll continue to heal, we'll continue to learn, we'll continue to grow. And so that sort of fear of being found out, like feeling like a fraud, like who am I to get to share this? Am I really going to be able to help people? Those thoughts were what would come up and hold me back. And every time they did, I would just be like, no, I like this helped me if it helps one other person, that's what matters. Like if it means that somebody right, exactly. else have a panic attack or doesn't consider taking their own life as I had had those thoughts in my own dream. You know what I mean? Like if someone finds peace because of this, then what does it matter if I feel like I'm ready or not, quote unquote, you know, just For sure. sharing it. Yeah. It's, it's like that imposter syndrome kind of thing. Like I feel like Amy and I went through it too when we were first starting the podcast. Like why will people want to mm-hmm. listen to us and why would people want to come and be on our show? It's But it's the whole thing. If you just think about like passing it along and it helping even just one person, it's enough of a motivator. So yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So speaking of growing and um, talking about your personal story, I know one of the big things I think a few years ago you came out about was your alopecia story. And Mm -hmm. I think it was like maybe right after I met you and I remember reading afterwards and being so proud of you for just letting it go and being real and like just embracing it. And so can you tell everyone sort of that journey and and your history and and just the whole story around it? Because I think it's fascinating and beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's cool. I think you and I met pretty recently after I had shaved my head and stopped wearing a wig. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's been an incredible journey that from where I'm sitting now, I deeply feel has been my greatest gift and my greatest teacher, you know? Um, but for most of my life, I did not feel that way. You know, what, what happened is when I was about seven, I started to experience alopecia areata, which is essentially unexplained hair loss. It's your immune system. Your autoimmune system is attacking your hair follicles. And so as a little girl, I started to experience bald spots and they were small enough that probably couldn't tell, but I knew. And I felt this great sense of fear that, you know, someone would see it and figure out that I was losing my hair and think something was wrong with me or call me a freak or, you know, I just, I felt unlovable really felt like there was something wrong with me. And I have three sisters and we were known as the four blonde shuffling girls. Like that was like a part of our identity And so the fact that, you know, I had this secret that I didn't want anyone to find out about, it it was really, it was really deeply painful. And so, yeah, I uh, continued to lose my hair 
for, I mean, I still do today. I have bald spots. I still experience it. I began this journey of trying to figure out like what was wrong with me. And so my mom took me to all sorts of doctors, you know, dermatologists, all the way to Reiki healers, all the way to Ayurvedic practitioners and so on and so forth. And it was this quest and I I would take all sorts of supplements and I would not eat this and I would take this vitamin or take these homeopathic pills and nothing really worked. I would get cortisone injections in my scalp every month from the dermatologist. Like, and sometimes I had so many bald spots that it would be like a hundred shots in my head. Oh gosh. Yeah. It was crazy. And it would, but the thing is it would fall out again. So like just as quickly as it would start to grow, it would fall out. And so it was kind of like playing whack-a-mole. And then as I'm trying to figure out, you know, how to stop it from falling out, how to get it to grow back. Why is it falling out in the first place? Then it's like trying to hide it. So it was this. Talk about anxiety. Like, oh my gosh. (laughs) All consuming. Like all I could think about when I was in public was, are people going to notice, you know, and I would spray it with hairspray. And then at certain points it was so bad that I would wear a wig to cover it up. And to be totally honest, it was exhausting. It was exhausting. Like I had my best friends who knew like just, beyond the extremes that I went to, to make sure that no one would figure out that I had bald spots. And I think it played a huge role in why I drank a lot of alcohol, you know, cause it, it would turn off those thoughts. I would drink and take pills to the point where like, I wasn't worrying anymore. I was just able to be. And, you know, as I let go of alcohol. And as I embarked on a journey into sobriety and got sober and began these practices of healing, working with, you know, crystal alchemy, singing bowls, practicing Kundalini yoga, you know, really getting to know myself and be with myself, having a daily meditation practice. I started to feel like feel for the first time internally. What if there's nothing wrong with you? Like, in doing all those things and in seeking out all those healers, I got my body to a place where I was completely healthy. Like I had nutritionists, acupuncturists, like all my blood work was fine. And so I thought, you know, if I'm perfectly healthy and yet my hair is still falling out, maybe I'm just not supposed to have hair, you know? Mm -hmm. And maybe this is a gift that's come into my life to give me the opportunity to really find that self-love and self-acceptance no matter what. You know, no matter what I look like on the outside, it's not a reflection of who I am on the inside and my beauty and my worth comes from within. So I started to feel that and, you know, it takes time once you start to feel that to really actually believe it. And so I started to speak out about my experience. I started to share about it on social media and tell people, you know, I'm experiencing alopecia and so many people would reach out to me and say, oh my God, me too. Like, this is my biggest secret. And they would say, you know, I'm wearing a wig too, or I've been experiencing this, or this is brand new. My hair is starting to fall out. I'm freaking out. I have no one to talk to about this. And in speaking out about it, it was really healing. You know, it was like, wow, I'm not alone. And by Mm -hmm. keeping it such a secret that I'd been hiding for years, I really did feel alone. And the people who knew my mom and a few friends, like they couldn't relate in the same way, you know? So I just felt really alone in my experience. And then when I started to share, a lot of healing took place because it was like, wow, you know, I don't have to hide this. 
And in fact, by being honest, I'm helping other people to feel hope too. And so I got to a point where I was like, okay, this is who I am. This is what I'm meant to be. Like I had pretty much half a head of hair, which just looks weird. Like it's not ideal. I mean, to me, I, if anyone, if anyone, if anyone else has half a head of hair and they love that, that's great. But to me, it didn't feel like I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. So I went to my hairstylist who had been helping me for years to like dye my hair white blonde. So you can see the bald spots and then styling my wigs. And I went to him, I said, will you help me shave it all off? And so we shaved it off. It was a new moon. And, um, I let go of having hair and now I shave my head every day and um, I still have bald spots. I still probably have like half a head of hair if I were to let it grow out, but I don't know if I ever would. Like even if my hair did grow in fully, I don't know if I would want a full head of hair because being bald and like accepting this and embracing it has given me such a beautiful point of connection with other people, you know? Yeah. And so much freedom, I would think too, like when you probably did it, I don't know, but I would guess you probably felt like free and you're like, okay. Yeah. How was that first experience when you shaved it for the first time? So at first it was freeing and it was also terrifying because I felt so exposed and I actually continued to wear a wig for like a month and a half. And there would be times where I would like not wear the wig. I remember I went to like an ecstatic dance class and I didn't wear the wig and I came home and I was like, Oh my gosh, that felt so intense. Like to let myself be seen in it. And so little by little, I would go out without the wig and just be like, Oh, it's safe. You know, it's safe to be seen. Like I have felt this within myself and now going in public and nobody cared. I mean, sometimes people ask me and sometimes people, I've had people come up and, you know, tell me that they're going to pray for me and my cancer journey and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's coming from a place of love and caring within them. It doesn't actually have to do with me, you know? And so I don't, mm-hmm. it. um, personally, in fact, I'm like, thank you. If anyone wants to pray for me, I'll take the, I'll take prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't let it trigger me anymore in the way that it used to. And then I went on a yoga retreat in Costa Rica. And for that whole week, I didn't wear my wig. And when I came back, I felt really grounded in, in being bald and haven't worn one since other than for like, a Halloween costume, a pink wig or something. <laughs> That's yeah, it's amazing. funny. It's a beautiful from, story. From, from doing this, this podcast, I've just noticed Katie that like, it seems like people's, and, and this would be the case for you too, Susie, like your biggest like challenge and fear is your greatest gift, mm-hmm. right? It's like everything happens for a reason. And it's like, you were meant to be this way. And so thank you for sharing that um, and being so open about it. I think a lot of people will really empowered by it because yeah, you don't know what's going on with, with people. And if you can help one person, I think that's, that's amazing. So thank you you for sharing that. So what is your favorite thing about what you do? You do so many beautiful practices, but like, what's your favorite thing and, and kind of tell us what you like to spend the most time doing. I, oh my gosh. So I I love all of it. I really do. And I think so many different things, but if I had to choose, I would say, I really love right now, um, mentoring other teachers and healers, like supporting other people in stepping into their power and really taking ownership of their gifts. Because just as you shared, like our greatest challenges almost always turn out to be our greatest gifts. And 
you know, if you're on a path of being a teacher or a healer, it's probably for a reason. The healing has probably touched you in your own personal life. And so it brings me so much joy to support other people and really owning that and embodying it and then taking it and feeling confident sharing it and creating a business doing it. So a lot of the work that I do recently is training sound healers and supporting them in building businesses with it. Because what I see is a lot of a lot of teachers and healers have blocks around money and no one teaches you how to be an entrepreneur and you feel called and you're healed, you're healing, you're healing and you feel healed and you want to share it. But then you're like, but how do I support myself doing this? And so right. it inspires me so much to help teach people how to build a business and like how to create a life where you're not only talking the talk and sharing, but like you're walking the walk and you're embodying it in all areas. And you don't have to show up to a day job and feel like you're putting on a suit and pretending you're someone else. And then at nighttime, you can take that suit off and feel comfortable in your own skin. Like for me, the equivalent of like putting a wig on and then taking it off, you know, like how can we all take our wigs off and show up in our life with our friends, our family, our clients, all all areas truly as who we are um, and share the gifts we came here to share. So I love working with people one-on-one and I have a group mentorship and a sound healing training where that's really a lot of what we focus on is that embodiment of our, of our gifts. That's so cool. You're so you're teaching people to use this practice to heal. And then you're also teaching people how to be successful entrepreneurs. I mean, that's really, that's amazing. It's really inspiring. We need to talk to you offline about successful entrepreneurship. <laughs> uh, so do you have some retreats coming up? We would love to to hear about them. You do you do you do retreats often? So I do. I do do retreats often. Right now I'm preparing for maternity leave. So um, I will be taking a little mini retreat. And then I have a retreat in Mount Shasta in September, which is for the women who are currently in my business mentorship. So that's a retreat that I offer them once a year. And then looking at dates for a Hawaii retreat, which was supposed to take place in January, but was pushed back due to Omicron. So a COVID rescheduling. So stay tuned if anyone's out there and wants to come on retreat in probably early October, I'll be leading a retreat um, on Maui and it's going to be really, really beautiful. Yeah. That but sounds I'm, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then do you have classes? I know, are you still, you still do your classes with Alan moves if people mm-hmm. have that platform where they can hear your sound baths yes. or yoga or what's yeah. I have actually Kundalini yoga and sound baths on Alan moves and they're releasing new classes um, that I've created with them almost every day. Like Oh, wow. At least three times a week right now, there's new classes coming out. We've been recording nonstop for the past few months. And I was actually just in the recording studio recording some audio only classes. Definitely check out Alla Moves. And then I also have a monthly sound healing membership, which has a whole library of on-demand classes similar to the classes that I offer in Alla Moves, um, but they're they're different and they're different links and they're filmed around the world. Um And in that membership, you get access to live events too. So I host new moon and full moon virtual 
ceremony sound bath events where we come together on, it's actually through YouTube live. So we don't see each other, but we can chat in and we do a beautiful intention setting based on the energy of that moon. I talk about, you know, how to make the most of that energy. Um, and then we share our intentions and then relax in the sound bath. So with membership, yeah, you get access to the live events and we're bringing in guest teachers to teach special workshops this year. We just had actually today our first live community call where we were on Zoom so we could see each other and everyone sort of shared what was present for them and receive, you know, support and prayers and coaching and guidance. And we did a beautiful Reiki meditation. So my monthly membership is such a wonderful way to dive into, you know, a more committed experience of healing through sound. Where can our listener find the monthly membership? That is on my website, thecoppervessel.com slash TCVC, the Copper Vessel Collective. (laughs) No, I was looking on your website and I saw um, something about your retreats and the the membership and there's just so much great content on there. So definitely, hopefully our listeners will check that out on your website as well as your Instagram. Okay. So we are going to get into our wrap session. And the first question for you is... What is your favorite wellness or beauty hack? I would say my favorite wellness or beauty hack is going to bed and waking up early. (laughs) So sleep. Yeah. Early bedtime and early rising. I usually try to wake up at 530, latest six. Yeah. What's your bed? 930. Yeah. Yeah. That's 80s vibe right there. I know. 100%. (laughs) Like my absolute latest is 1030. And I try, I'm trying to push it to 5am. Now I usually get up at six, but I'm trying to do five so that I can get my TM in before the day Mm -hmm. starts. So we'll see how that goes. That might be tricky. But since we've been on the West Coast, my husband and I have literally been falling asleep at 730 the last two nights and then sleeping until 630 the next day. Like, geez, we must have been really tired. <laughs> it's the best coming to the West Coast from the East Coast because you're like up bright and early because of the time difference. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's so funny. All right. This next one we call your five-minute flow. You just got out of the shower. Uber pings you. They're five minutes away. What are you going to do? What are your holy grails, your go-tos to get into that Uber on time? Well, that could be pretty much my everyday. My everyday beauty routine is super simple. Um, Yeah, shower, get out. I obviously don't need to do my hair, so that saves a lot of time. (laughs) I use vitamin C, Sneferulic by SkinCeuticals. Put that on. I love Audacite. They have an amazing all-embracing serum oil that I put on on top of that. Deodorant, natural deodorant. I usually will do gua sha for a few minutes just to flush out, you know, the lymph in my face, um, reduce any puffiness and bloating, which right now is at an all time high being this pregnant. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I feel like a pregnant chipmunk. You guys, I'm sure you'll see when you, when you check her out, but she has the most gorgeous skin. So like ever I've seen her in person and her skin is flawless and gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah. And then I put belly oil on my pregnant belly and put on a sweatsuit or a cute, comfy aloe yoga outfit. I'm almost always wearing aloe. And then I would make a cup of hot water and lemon to start my day and really start moving my metabolism and be in the car. I don't even think I need five minutes. Easy. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's fabulous. Nice. That's that great. And then how do you maintain your daily nirvana? Ooh, morning meditation. If I wasn't running into an Uber and if I got in the Uber, I would still do it is through a daily meditation practice. Like no matter what, um, starting my day with 
at least 11 minutes, if not 20, if I'm doing a TM practice, although I'm not really committed to a TM practice right now. Um, I'm doing more of a Kundalini based morning practice. So I'll do a chanting meditation and then I'm doing my second year in a row of studying a course in miracles. So I read the daily lesson for that and I meditate silently on that lesson. And then I say some prayers and really turn my day over to the universe. I'm like, I don't need to figure anything out. I don't need to be the one to control it. Just let me be of service. Let me lead from love. And that gives me a lot of peace. The prayer, prayer component of my morning practice, you know, takes. I love that. Yeah. I love the idea of turning the day over to the universe. That's really beautiful. It's, it, it seems like it would just relieve one of so much pressure and stress, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's I'm really so, This is such a random thing, but like I'm, th- I'm, I'm, I'm watching you and I'm like, okay, you're having a baby, you know, very soon. And I'm just so excited for you to have a baby, but I'm so excited for the baby to have you because yes. you're going to be <laughs> such a good, beautiful mom because of like all the things you said, but just your whole energy is like, that baby's just really lucky is all I have to say, because yeah. I feel like that baby's going to be born into the world with so much love and so much like um, balance and calmness. And I'm just, I'm really looking forward to seeing the baby and all of that journey. It's going to be so beautiful for you. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt compelled to say that as you were talking and I was looking at you and that's just going to be so special. So you're due, you're 33 weeks. So you're due like in a month, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So, so we'll exciting. Baby, baby, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, so we'll great. See. We'll see if he's going to be an Aries or a Taurus. Oh, you're having a boy. Yeah. Yay. I was going to ask you. I wasn't sure if you knew. I have two boys. So um, oh. I'm a big boy fan and boy mom and Katie has two girls. So mm-hmm. um I'm going to need to reach out to your boy mom tips because I know nothing about little boys being one of four girls. (laughs) Yeah, they're the best. They are. Lots of good tips. Yeah. Yeah, Her boys, they're great. They're great. (laughs) Well, Susie, we usually wrap the show with a closing mantra. I don't know if you have, we know that you share these beautiful mantras all the time on your, on your Instagram feed. Do you have a mantra you'd like to share? If not, we have one. I would say the mantra I would love to share is I am whole. You just gave me chills. I know. (laughs) That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much, Susie. This was invigorating, empowering, like just so beautiful. Such a great way to like end the week. And um, we really appreciate you being on and we're just really excited for you and your journey. And we'll continue to be fans and, cheer you along and hopefully you'll come back. You're welcome to come back anytime and chat with us. And we'd love to have you back to talk more. There's just so much to all the sound healing that you do. And for our listeners, definitely um, check Susie's Instagram, her website and try a sound bath because it is very transformative. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Nirvana Sisters. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes. Please subscribe and leave us a review. Also, find us on Instagram at Nirvana Sisters. If you loved what you just listened to or know someone that would, please share it and tag us. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of Nirvana Sisters. We'll continue to watch out for all things wellness so you don't have to. Bye.